Hola y bienvenidos al audio resumen sobre algunos artículos del número de marzo de la revista americana de salud pública. Soy Alfredo Moravia, el editor en jefe de la revista. Este número de la revista dedica una sección especial al control de armas de fuego en los Estados Unidos y en particular al papel de la salud pública académica en la crisis de armas de fuego. Charlie Branas y nueve colegas firmaron una agenda para la acción en reforzar la investigación y la calidad científica, en construir una red de salud pública y colaboraciones entre diversos sectores, en promover la conversación sobre prácticas seguras para el uso de las armas, en fomentar iniciativas a nivel de Estado y desarrollar un plan de negocios y involucrar al sector privado. Aquí está una entrevista en inglés de Sandro Gelea, que es uno de los actores principales de este proyecto. Yo quería entrevistar a alguien del grupo de los autores uh, en español para este podcast, pero no encontremos a nadie. Entonces, es también tal vez una noticia importante. Tenemos que escuchar eso en inglés. Hello. Hello, Alfredo. Sandro here. Hey, Sandro. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? What a cool app this is. Uh, I was not aware of it. <laughs> so we, we're, we're actually uh, uh, taping now. So, so uh, you're, uh, we're starting. I, I won't take too much of your time. And Go ahead. Uh, so uh, welcome, Sandro Galea, to this uh, AJPH podcast. You are a professor and dean at the Boston University School of Public Health. And you're also the corresponding author of this editorial entitled Academic Public Health and the Firearm Crisis, an Agenda for Action. And this editorial appears in the March issue of, of the journal. So, Sandro, the School of Public Health convened uh, people from 42 public health schools in addition to politicians and advocacy groups on November 14 of last year to discuss gun violence. How did the idea of this meeting uh, uh, emerge? Well, Fredo, thank you for having me on. The idea came from a conversation we had had at the dean's uh, meetings under the auspices of the Association of Schools and Programs of Public Health that it happens every year in July. In July, all the program directors and deans get together once a year. This year, we got together in San Diego, and I had asked for us to discuss the challenge of firearms, feeling that uh, public health should have a voice on the issue. We discussed this at uh, several panels and it became clear that we had never come together as a organized body of academic public health to discuss what should be our approach with this going forward. So there was some consensus, I thought, that if we could convene a meeting, there would be interest from our um, deans and program directors in attending. So we did. So I uh, came back after that meeting and invited my um, peers and colleagues to the meeting. And how were the reactions? I mean, have you found some resistance, some concerns, some obstacles? No, I don't think there was resistance at all. I think the general community has been quite receptive, recognizing this is something that we should do and we should do it well. I think there is a concern among 
those who represent public schools of public health, uh, and that concern is centrally around the fact that uh, public schools are under constraints from local legislators who may be non-sympathetic to what remains a politically charged issue. But by and large, I think the public health community is very much uh, speaking with one voice that uh, the firearm crisis is a real challenge that public health should play a role in addressing. And would the, would you say it's something completely new that uh, all these uh, representatives of schools of public health speak with a single voice? Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure about new, but uh, it's certainly the first time that I know of that um, we have come together around this issue, and it's relatively unusual for uh, us as uh, schools and programs of public health to come together around issues uh, simply, frankly, because there's a tremendous heterogeneity across uh, schools and programs of public health in a large country and the the accrediting, um, the, the industry group, ASPPH, now represents schools from all over the world. So it's an, it's an unusual, it was an unusual gathering, but I think this is an unusual issue that uh, brought people together. Great, great. And to use a term that uh, you uh, you know well, I mean, would you say that this meeting was consequential? I hope so. I think this meeting came up with um, with a clear call to action. The meeting was structured in such a way that uh, we would come up with a focused um, set of strategic directions, which we did. We came up with five of them. And I think the trick now will be to encourage um, uh, schools of public health and programs of public health to follow through on some of these. We have a follow-up meeting coming up this uh, March at the um, every six month uh, in between meetings of uh, schools of public health to try to push that forward. And in practice, what type of uh, things would you like to see happening? We would like to see what's happening, what we saw, what we wrote in the paper. Uh, more research on the topic, more convening of uh, people and stakeholders from uh, different sides of the aisle, so to speak. Uh, more engagement with the business community and articulating of, of um, the uh, return on investment of investing in firearms. And um, the creation of opportunities for funding to create a uh, new generation of scholars in the area. That's great. Thank you very much, Sandro. I'm sure all our readers are going to be very interested by that. And thanks for doing this and thanks for participating to this podcast. Take care. Thank Sandro. you for having me. Bye bye. Take care. Entre los artículos sobre el control de las armas de fuego, Jessica Beard y colegas observaron que en Filadelfia las personas afrodescendientes están sustancialmente más en riesgo que las personas blancas de ser asaltados con armas de fuego. Y esta relación fue independiente del nivel económico del barrio. Hablamos ahora de Big Food, de la industria alimenticia, un editorial de Jonathan Marks y un artículo de Cheetah Temples. Tratan la ambivalencia de la industria alimenticia que busca simultáneamente el beneficio económico y la responsabilidad en salud. Estos autores discuten los problemas éticos que enfrenta una corporación que contribuye a crear problemas de salud pública como la obesidad y al mismo tiempo promueve actividades para la prevención de estos problemas. 
En un artículo que trata sobre la vigilancia de salud pública, Derek Van Brunt explica por qué un registro electrónico para salud comunitaria que integra los determinantes de salud puede usar instrumentos digitales para fortalecer a las comunidades. Ahora sobre la salud de los uh, indios americanos, Valerie Jernigan y colegas usan el estudio Thrive para demostrar que la alta prevalencia de inseguridad alimenticia está relacionada con la obesidad, la diabetes y la hipertensión en los indios americanos de las zonas rurales de Oklahoma. Cada mes Francis Jacob prepara la música que escuchas ahora y uh, escoge la música segundo del contenido del podcast. Y esta vez es un tema suyo que se llama Huki. Escuchemos otro fragmento de Huki. Todos los artículos que acabo de mencionar son de acceso público. Si usted desea información más reciente sobre los artículos que están por ser publicados en la AJPH o sobre llamadas de artículos, por favor sígame en Twitter. Muchas gracias por su atención. Soy Alfredo Moravia de la Revista Americana de Salud Pública. Para escuchar más audio resúmenes, también en inglés y chino, visítenos en la página en línea de la revista ajph.org.